We're online 24-7. You're listening to the hottest radio station on the planet. Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Get inspired Monday and Friday right here on your favorite inspirational show. And don't forget about that Friday praise break. Get inspired through encouraging words, special guests, and the inspirational moment where you, the listener, get a chance to be on air. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Uh, can you tell me a little bit how that process went uh, with you all there being able to come home under the CARES Act? Incarcerated Mothers Matter Radio Show. We're online 24-7. You're listening to the hottest radio station on the planet. You know, been a while. But um, I know they, you know, offered like the parenting classes and, you know, some other things that, you know, also taught you you know, how to address different subjects, you know, to the children. Blog Talk Radio. Incarcerated Mothers Matter live on Tribe and Family Channel. Hosted by Daphne Patterson. Thank you for tuning in. 515-605-9351 to talk live. Press 1. And now, here is Daphne Patterson. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. We have another exciting night here at Incarcerated Mothers Matter. Uh, We were off last week for spring break vacation, and now we're back on full speed. So our next shows will be very exciting and have so much more information. Uh, It is just so much out there for us to share with you guys and be able to give resources and also for you to be able to participate and give back. Um, Just quick housekeeping. want to let you know if you have uh, any other questions outside of the broadcast, uh, you can message me on our Facebook page, which is Incarcerated Mothers Matter, or our Instagram page, which is Incarcerated underscore Mothers underscore Matter. Also, you can reach me at area code 716 And those are all ways to get in touch with us here at Incarcerated Mothers Matter. And also, if you would like to be a guest upon our show, because we welcome people from different backgrounds, and I want this to be a platform that everyone can talk on and be able to share uh, what's going on uh, in this community uh, around the country, uh, feel free to email me at Daphne, that's D-A-P-H-N-E, the letter P, 309, at gmail.com. We welcome anyone that would like to get on and share their story or share their their community project, charity project, uh, or, or church-affiliated projects that they have um, ongoing at this time. And we'll have a break um, in a little bit um, because we have some exciting uh, news and announcements um, today uh, for you all. And also, if you would like to be a sponsor of our show as well, you can email me at daphnesp309 at gmail.com. With being a sponsor, uh, you will have your name listed on the show, and we will be able to talk about your product or your service or 
actually give you a moment to be able to talk about uh, what you're doing and have it continuously uh, on our show, uh, on our Facebook page for advertisement, and on our upcoming website that we're currently working on. Okay, so now I'm going to get to uh, our guest today. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to be able to meet this young lady. Um, We were connected um, through a family member of mine, which I appreciate her very, very much. Um, And um, in talking to this young lady, I just found out she was doing so many miraculous things here um, in our great state of Georgia. And so a lot of the programs that she's doing here in Georgia, we're trying to get these programs adopted uh, across the United States. And we also are uh, working to get um, these programs on the, um, not only on the state level, but the federal level as well. So we'll be putting together some task force uh, to be able to get out and really, really help more incarcerated mothers and fathers uh, be able to cope and um, deal with um, family issues um, inside and when they get ready to return home. Because I know a lot that is needed when you get home and um, just having resources to be able to get people jobs, clothing, housing, um, just resources, um, you know, to be able to move forward in society and function um, back as normal as possible. All right. So Miss <clears throat> Miss Cash, uh, she uh, grew up in Brunswick, Georgia, and she's lived around Atlanta for the past 50 years. Um, she uh, is married, and she's a faithful worker of the First Corinth Missionary Baptist Church, uh, under the leadership of Reverend Dr. Eddie L. Jones, and he is the pastor there. She served on many um, boards, and uh, just she's just been a, a wealth of knowledge and hope and encouragement to our community. Uh, I'm not going to tell everything she's done because I'm going to leave room for her to uh, let us know um, what she has going on. Uh, Once again, uh, we will start taking questions at a quarter till nine o'clock or or quarter till in your time zone. And if you do want to speak, um, you just press one to put your hands up. So without further ado, I welcome Ms. Joanne Cash Owens. How are you doing, Ms. Joanne? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am doing so awesome today, and thank you again so much uh, for coming and sharing with us today. Um, like I said earlier, when I first got introduced to you and talked to you the first time, uh, I knew that it was not coincidence, that it was on purpose, and you have a story to tell. And so that's what this show is about, is being able to tell your story to be encouragement as well as for those that are just coming home um, that needs that encouragement to let them know that, like we talked about this morning, you will laugh again. So I give you the floor. Well, first and foremost, uh, definitely, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's not something you had to do, but it's very much appreciated. Um Yes, my name's Joanne Cash Owens, and I am the founder and executive director of Family Unification Network, which is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we've been in existence for 27 years. Um, During the 27 years, we've sponsored many different programs, but all of them have been designed to enrich, encourage, empower, and educate others. And that's because of my background uh, serving as a school social worker, probation officer. So that's just been my field all of my life. And what we're doing in the uh, prison ministry is just a continuation of it. Um. My involvement in prison ministry resulted from 
my incarceration of 1,032 days. Um, You know, when you say incarceration, you know, many folk just like, ah. But I want you to know it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I know the feeling. (laughs) Look, I, I got to meet me, and I got to know me. Right, um, and it was just so much time there that you were able, I know with me, able to sit, like you said, with yourself and learn yourself and get direction from God to, you know, in the direction he wanted me to go, you know, because it's like I've mentioned on here before, my first six months, I cried every day, every day I <laughs> cried, and then I got to the point where I said, okay, you know what, I got to stop this crying because the sooner I I find out what my mission is here, the sooner I can go home. And so after that, so I really understand what you say when it, it was time for you to take your time and, and get, get you in order because we run around so much for everybody else that a lot of times, a lot of us, especially mothers, we give up our identity because we are taking care of kids, we're taking care of spouses, we're taking care of family, uh, extended family. So I know exactly what you're talking about, um, you know, with that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, I can't say that I cried every day for the first six months. I will say was when... I was convicted. I fainted in the courtroom. (laughs) So, and once I... It's so surreal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know, Daphne, everybody that goes to prison is not a bad person. And that's one of the things that I personally uh, work on is to... Do something about that stigma yeah. that's associated with anybody who's been incarcerated. You know, yes, and that's the reason I was so proud to be able to do this show because I, I even though what I've been through, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want to hide from it or, or mm-hmm. pretend like it didn't happen um, mm-hmm. or be ashamed. You know, because a lot of people come out, uh, you know, they think they're not worthy, they're ashamed, you know, you know, what are people going to think about me? And, you know, it's just a journey sometimes that, you know, some of us have to go through, you know, and, you know, it it, it prepares us for that greater uh, thing that God has in store for us to do. So I understand that. Well, you know, that's why we sponsor one of our programs called Faces in the Crowd. I've had so many people come up to me after different events and say to me, well, you don't look like you've been to prison. (laughs) And so my question becomes, well, what does someone who's been to prison look like? Exactly. You, you You can't look at us and tell. We all no. have a story. We all have a story. Um, and the stories, there's very so much because it's like you say, I met so many people that, you know, women that I would have never been fortunate enough to meet not going there because it was just so many different backgrounds, diversities, education levels, you know, it was just so, so many talented people. I have never seen another group of talented women like I was with. It was so much talent in in that place that it could have been a city of its own because of the talent that was there. Anything that you needed done, it was, it was somebody there that had knowledge. And um, that was just a, a real blessing for me. Um, you know, to be able to see so many diverse people but still going through the same thing. Because mm-hmm. there, everybody was stripped down. So we all were on the level playing field. So it wasn't that one person had more than the other or anything like that. It was more of a community of sharing. 
You know, it's like, you know, if my sister didn't have something and I did and I was going to commentary, you know, I would be like, hey, I got five extra dollars. You know, do you need me to get something for you? Because I know, you know, you don't get paid or you don't get funds in or you have kids at home. So, you know, that that was just wonderful, too. And, you know, we would, you know, all always, even in our ministry there, um, be able to, you know, take the time that if somebody was having a bad time, and it wasn't necessarily meaning it, it could have been somebody got some bad news or needed cheering up, you know, it wasn't nothing for us to throw a little uh, potluck, get together, you know, just to bring that person's spirit up. So, you know, I understand that too. And I want to be able to carry that feeling over when I came home. So that's another reason I got into um you know, doing what I'm doing, I had to take a minute first, uh, you know, for God to show me the direction. And like I'll tell you, I didn't even know why I was even doing the radio show. You know, um, I I had um, met the um, producer over a year and a half ago. And at that time, we kind of talked about a show, but we couldn't kind of put it together then. But we just, we stayed in touch. And when the opportunity came and I knew it was time, I gave her a call. And at that time, she was getting ready to launch the show. So, you know, everything fell into place. That's how when I knew it was a divine appointment for me to be able to do this. So so I, I understand about the faces in the crowd. And like you said, you you would never know who those faces are. Um, if you, If you put two people, you probably would guess the wrong person every time. When you put people, put the faces in the crowd, well, and I like know, that premises too. You know, uh, a lot of people think when you come out and you profess to be a, a Christian, they want to call it jailhouse religion. But mm-hmm. I knew God before I went to prison <laughs> because I lived yes. making Him head of my life. Yes. So for me. I knew somehow he had a part in my being there. Mm-hmm. And I would just I was just flabbergasted because I trust him. I lean and depend on him, but I also learned for me he really has a sense of humor because yes. I worked most of my professional career working with at risk children, and families. I never really cared for working with women, females, because they tend to have a hidden agenda. Mm-hmm. They, they don't come at you straight. It's always some drama, some mess. And while I work with families, my focus has always been their children until this incarceration so, you know, I've been home 20 years, and sometimes I still laugh at the situations I find myself in that are God-ordained. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he's changed my mind somewhat about women, but I try my best to keep an eye on them because I, I, <laughs> I, I know them. <laughs> I know them. But, but, you know, just like you say, you know, we all have our stories. Um, I, I, I'll tell anybody. One of the things that I did, though, to uh, maintain my sanity mm-hmm. was I decided to journal. Gotcha. And I started, I, I wrote a book of my on my experience, Comfortable Being Ignorant. While surviving the journey, that's wow, the name of the book. That is powerful. And I started writing it three days after my incarceration, and when I was released, one thousand and thirty-two days later, ninety-eight percent of the book had been completed. And I wrote it because going to prison was such a different environment for me, because I was a school social worker. I owned a business. I had received two traffic tickets in my life. Mm 
So it's not like I was my barker, you know. <laughs> I didn't live a life of crime. <laughs> I was a trustee at my church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most most of the people I met, and I was, they were first-time offenders, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just was really no relief for first-time offenders, you know. It was like it, in the federal system that this village didn't hold too much um, weight, you know, because. Well, I was the first know, the time, that, too, but, but uh, I, I got uh, a 20-year sentence, mm-hmm. although I didn't got serve it. 20 years. But my judge said she was sending me to prison because I was too uppity. Uh, but, you know, um, the thing is, she kind of had a point there because my mother raised me to not be a second-class citizen. And the problem my judge had with me was had I lived where she lived, we chances are we would have run in the same circles, and she just felt like I didn't belong. So this was her opportunity to put me in my place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I had a, a female judge that I felt the, I felt the same way um, about. You know, uh, it was like um, she felt like um, I was going to be an example. You know, so, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I was go- I was going to be the example. You know, and she hadn't been on the bench long, and so I was, you know, a member in her cap as well to say, hey. You know, I, I've got I've got this one under my belt. So you know, she was proving herself, you know, to the system as well that you know that she could do certain things. So you know, all that played a part, you know, in it as well. You but know. you know, but your well, book, where where can we get your book? Um, go on the website. Okay. Yeah, uh, and, and and order it. Uh, it it's there. Um, yes. That's at, your, at the um, Unification Family Unification that, yes, Network. Uh, okay. Yeah, www dot family unification network dot org. Okay, because I can't wait to read more about your story and you know, just just compare and, and see, you know, what God had for you in that in that moment and, and how you felt, you know, going through. You know, because like you said, everybody's journey is different and everybody takes away something different from the journey. And it's always well, you, know, for me, you know for me, um I looked at it kinda like I was uh, uh on assignment. Um and that's a part of what caused me to journal like I did uh, because I was not sure that I was going to make it out of there mm-hmm. because it was so different from what I had ever had to encounter in my life. And with me having a son and him worried about me, I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> look, you know, stuff happens. You know, I watch TV every now and then. I don't know what might come out of this, but I might need to just start writing this down and kind of keeping a record of some of the things that I'm having to deal with just in case. Right, but, of course, right. you know, but God well, is Do you faith. have any particular incident that's in your book that you had to deal with? <laughs> yeah, I had a bunch of <laughs> That's why his name comfortable being ignorant because I stayed, I stayed in trouble trying to do good because you know they like you like Miss Cash it got where the officers would say Miss Cash we're not supposed to ask y'all these kind of questions but what is you doing here and I, I used to tell them I said look at the back of my shirt they say I'm a state prisoner you know that's what I'm doing here I didn't sign up to come in here. <laughs> like it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't. Hey, a free vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, I'm, I'm not having a good time or anything like that. Now. <laughs> See, no, uh, uh-uh, no. Yeah. But uh, God was all in it, and He still is. He's He's still yeah. He's still in it, and I, I'm just so thankful. 
I am just so, so thankful uh, for the things that he has allowed me to get involved in, especially uh, since my release. But one of the things that uh, was done during my incarceration was um, so many women had been in prison for so long and no longer received any kind of support from home. So um, I had some of the best friends and still have them that stuck by me through thick and thin, um, would send my first Christmas there. I, I made contact and asked if they would send Christmas packages to some of the women who had been there uh, and had been there so long until one lady, I think it must have been about 15, 16 years since she had gotten anything from Christmas. But, um, and I mean, they did a fantastic job with the kind of boxes that they sent because I was able to get their package slips. And whatever they wanted on that package slip is what we got. And it was just a blessing. That is so awesome. And just to see, it, it was funny. Um, that's what happened during my incarceration. But after I was released for 10 years, we would send packages uh, to uh, inmates. Our last year, I think we sent 102 packages, and each one of the packages averaged about $65. This was 12 13, 12 years ago. Um, wow. But what happened was one of the chap, chaplains contacted me. I don't know. The, I'm out of prison now, so I don't know how she found out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she asked me if she could send me package slips for some of the indigent population. Wow. So, uh, and, you know, you have to return that original package slip in the package, you know, once you uh, mm-hmm. yeah you have to, yeah you have to return that original package slip. So what I did was, I said, well, I got to make sure I have these package slips. I won't give them to the folk, but I asked some people if they would adopt a, wow. a lady and just take their package slip and and field, you know, their request. Right, right. It was. So I decided I would make a copy of the package slips so I could make sure that they got turned in like they were supposed to. So what mm-hmm. I did, after I got sponsors, I would just make uh, a copy of the package slip and this just give them the copy. Well, I just happened to have run out of paper, so the only paper I had was some green construction paper. So that's what I made the package slips out of, the green construction paper. Wow. But what happened was the different folk who agreed to uh, sponsor somebody, when they went shopping, they would take they would take the, shop, the uh, package slip with them. So you would not believe how many folk called me from the store or something because here they are out shopping and pull out their package slip, and lo and behold, there's somebody else in the store with a green package slip. So they were going up saying, do you know Joanne Cash? Do you know Joanne Cash? And, and yes, they did, because they were out shopping for the ladies. And, you know, I've had so many ladies tell me just how meaningful that experience was and that that, that's Mm -hmm. what really made their Christmas. Because what I found, Daphne, is that people want to help. Some people genuinely want to help, but they don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we do through our soap drive is we provide those kind of opportunities for individuals who have a genuine concern about prison ministry, mm-hmm. um, to be able to to offer their assistance because it's definitely needed. 
Yes, yes, it, it is. And, you know, I had someone to um, email me earlier this week, um, you know, to ask me about the uh, soap dry program and want to know, you know, how were you able to be able to get, you know, soaps and stuff, you know, in like that, you know, on a on a volunteer basis. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't know exactly how to respond to the person, but the first thing in my mind was, well, you know, I know God is in charge of that. So, <laughs> you know, I don't even question how, how stuff got in there because, you know, I do, but I didn't want to be disrespectful to the person because I didn't know their religion or their belief or whatever, but that was the first thing that popped in my head. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I sent him a little bit about, you know, your foundation and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was telling him um, this is a person who has a, a Facebook group with, with a bunch of people. And, you know, he was just saying, he was just asking because, you know, a lot of times people come on there and try to get on people's sites to, you know, solicit things. And, and I told him, I said, no, sir. I said, we're not trying to solicit anything. I said, our thing is we just want to educate and provide resources for people that, you know, that are in need or they may have a, a family member. And if, if you do have a family member in, you know, some of the facilities that Miss Joanne is talking about and your family member might need help or a friend of theirs, you know, just please email us so we will know and we can go ahead and and, you know, put, you know, do do whatever the due diligence it is that it takes, you know, to be able to, you know, get some get some things uh, to them. Um, especially now with COVID, uh, I know uh, antibacterial soap is so, so needed uh, in places. I know they're probably running with shortages, on, you know, inside. They probably don't get supplies and stuff in, you know, um, on a regular because it wasn't on a regular when COVID wasn't going on. So I know um, you already know that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and the soaps and stuff you got definitely were not antibacterial. And the cleaning supplies, uh, because of where, you know, we were, you know, you really didn't get major cleaning supplies to really do that deep down cleaning like what you do at home, you know. But mm-hmm. we did have some awesome ladies that, that um, you know, their detailed job was to help keep the unit and stuff clean. And they did, you know, an awesome job you know, of doing that with what they had, you know, but it was yeah. like, you know, and we did have some counselors that would look out for us and, you know, give us something extra cleaning that they would be on God, you know, um, for, you know, deep cleaning every so often. But, you know, I know that it's needed, you know, um, those things uh, just aren't provided regularly like you would think they would be. And that's the thing about, us getting on here talking because a lot of times people think it's one way, but you no, know, it's it's things that are another way as well, you know. So, so I know about the soap being, you know, so important. You know, just to be able to take your bath with a a nice bar of soap is is a luxury. Things you take for granted when you're home, when you're away like that, those little things mean so much. And then when you get back home. You you really live that lifestyle, see, you, stuff that used to matter to you that was, you know, I had to have this and I had that stuff, it doesn't even matter anymore, you know. You know, it's it's about your time and, and being productive and having a purpose now. It's not, you know, for me, it's not about the name brand, this, that, because I learned, man, I learned to manage on this right here. Why wasn't I managing on this for so long and, you know, had, you know, extra, but, you know, now I live differently. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I actually learn for myself, you know. Yeah, we have a different you know, to be able to do that. Yeah. Different yeah. appreciation for everything, mm-hmm. for everything. And you just, you're thankful for everything and anything anyone gives to you. You, you know, you're just really, really thankful. So, um, um, tell us a little bit more how you how you got started with your soap drive. Well, uh, when I was at, during my incarceration, I met ladies who no longer received anything from home. So that's mm-hmm. when I hit up, hit up my buddies, and they sent in packages um, 
the first year was 25 uh, while I was there. Um, so that's something that we continued for 10 years. But back, back, I guess about 20, 2007 or something, you know, when the economy went real, real crazy um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, unemployment, they had to cut back and everything. They told us we could no longer send in the packages because the Department of Corrections didn't have the staff to adequately uh, canvas the packages for contraband. Mm-hmm. So they said, no, you can't do that. So I, my question was, well, what else can we do? Mm-hmm. And there was a chaplain at Arendelle State Prison, Chaplain Johnny Jett. He's deceased now. But he said, these ladies need a good antibacterial soap. And he told me who to make contact with and see what was recommended. And at that point, she recommended dial soap. That We just finished our 12th year of providing dial soap to the women and men incarcerated here in the state of Georgia. Um, Last year for 2021, in a pandemic, we were able to donate 40,069 bars of soap. But definitely the beauty of this is it's not just soap. Each bar of soap has a scripture to motivate, encourage, and empower an inmate. Awesome. And through the years, we have received numerous letters. I received, but this is still March, I think I received four this month inmates saying thank you for a bar of soap. And since we have been doing this, since we started, as of today, we're at 475,111 475, bars, and each, wow. each bar has had a scripture on it. And this past year, we were able to get soap into 20 of Georgia's 33 prisons. Wow. That so, is amazing. And it's real special. And you know, the gentleman wanted to know how do we get it into the prisons. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, when we started initially, I had a contact person, Don Bainbridge, who had a ministry uh, that I met. I met him during my incarceration. Um, he would get it into the prisons for us, but he's been deceased now about six I guess now maybe about six years. So what happens now is the chaplains come and pick it up. Wow. Yep. Uh, we we have a waiting list um, of, of prisons that that's that's wanting the soap. And initially, when we uh, gave it to them, we would do it at Christmas as a part of their Christmas package. But um, with the virus. Mm-hmm. We couldn't wait to Christmas anymore. So, right, um, right. They've, we've already started on tw- soap for 2022, and it, the soap drive has spread. It's now a statewide project. We partnered wow. with, first and foremost, a First Corinth Missionary Baptist Church with my pastor, the Reverend Dr. Eddie L. Jones. He has been in my corner since day one. And let me tell you, uh, when I got home, a state, I want to tell you what about the Station of Hope. But let me tell you, when yes. I came home, when I came home from prison, that was when I found out that my church had collected every fifth Sunday. My church took up money for me while I was away. Wow. Every fifth Sunday for two years, five months, and eleven days. That's what 1,032 days come to. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Amazing. Just, you know, just awesome people of God, 
you know, of mm-hmm. faith, of wisdom, of mm-hmm. kindness, being obedient. You know, mm-hmm. that that is the church family that everybody strives to want and to be. Well, I am just so proud. I'm just so proud of my church. I don't know what to do. Uh, we've been having a prayer on at 12 o'clock on Wednesdays and 8 o'clock on Wednesdays. And as of this past Wednesday, we've been doing it now three years, every Wednesday. Awesome. Awesome. You know, it's just so much power in prayer and, and belief, you know. It is so much power in it. And, you know, especially, you know, prayer is good individual, but collective prayer is is even stronger, you know, yeah. because the verse said where two or more agree, it is done in his name. So I am a firm believer of that, very, very firm, oh, yeah. firm believer. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, with, with the donations for the soap drive, uh, do they come from individuals or 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 um, companies or or how do you all get your donations if, if someone wanted to donate? Initially, what happened was church congregations bring soap to church. They would just wow. bring the soap in a bag and mm-hmm. give it to me, and I'd be so appreciative. Uh, but with the pandemic, the cut down on the spread of the virus, last year we asked individuals if they would make a, a donation uh, because we are a 501c3 nonprofit um, mm-hmm. so that we could purchase the soap in bulk. Right, and, uh, right, at a cheaper rate and get more. Yeah, and uh, we have what we call packing parties. And a packing party is where ladies from the church meet up and put label uh put labels the and the label is that scripture where where they right. meet and um they have the best time um meeting and socializing because many of the folk who participate are retired, so they Got really it. look. They really look forward. And we have a state coordinator. Her name is Mamie Johnson. Um, Since the pandemic, we've not been able, well, we chose not to try and have packing parties for that very same reason. We we don't want to spread anything. We don't want anybody getting anything. She and her grandson have single-handedly labeled the soap themselves. Wow. So uh, we, but we have a satellite location in Blakely, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's Early County. And I think of this uh, forty thousand bars of soap, I think Blakely did about nineteen thousand. Wow. And that's an so, awesome community right there. Mm-hmm. So they service the prisons down that that area. Right, right. Wow, that is amazing. That is so amazing. Well, that's God. Yes, it is. That's you know, it's just a straight testimony to Him, you know, and um, and and, and all that He does for us, you know, even when we don't do for ourselves, He still is, you know, constantly looking out for us. Now out. tell us about your tell us about um the stations of hope. This is my new venture. The problem, a lot of the problem is individuals want to help, but they don't know how to help. A station of hope is a congregation that has committed themselves to being willing to assist a returning citizen. And we call returning citizens those individuals who have been incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a lot of times folk want to help, but they just don't know how. And plus, I'm still just amazed at how many folk come to me to say, well, I want to do such and such, and I want to do this, but I'm scared. You know, who are you scared of? Right. You know, you scared of your relatives because they went to prison? <laughs> so Station of Hope trains congregations so that they will know how to be able to interact with someone who's been incarcerated and their efforts aren't offensive. And I say that because while I realize individuals don't mean to be offensive, they're so careful to do the right thing, they make a mess sometimes. So a state will train you as to the kinds of things you need to say or not say. You know, I remember um, I received a call one time, and, and you know, I, yeah, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I guess you can say I'm touchy about it, but <laughs> say what you want to. But <laughs> you know. If you know that somebody is going through something, you go out of your way to be nice. But you can't always just know how to just how to interact with somebody. I've had uh, somebody from the state call me one time, and they wanted a contact number for a, a young man who had been on our program. Uh, our program was at the uh, end of uh, the year, those organizations and churches that participate in our soap drive, we have an appreciation program where we invite prison staff uh, to come and tell the individuals who have donated the soap, thank you. You know, inmates can't come and do it for themselves, so we give prison uh, staff an opportunity to come to say thank you on behalf of Right. Uh, the the inmate. Thank. Uh, he wanted to make contact with this young man because he wanted them to be on a program for the Department of Corrections. So he mm-hmm. called me. He called me for the number, and he said, "I'm trying to uh, get in touch with him because I want to put him on display." Now, <laughs> display, mm. I say he's not a piece of art, nor is he a puppy. So mm-hmm. why do you want to put him on display? And initially the young man got offended. But the thing is, right. but, but and I use that example, Daphne, because they don't know any better. Right, and, and right was an administrator who really, really thought he did some real good things, but he really didn't have a clue. Mm. Wow. And, uh, yeah, the Department of Georgia received a grant several years ago to uh, sponsor several Stations of Hope. And I don't know what happened, but I do know the Stations of Hope did not get established uh, based upon whoever did whatever they did. Bottom line, it didn't get right. done. Church congregations right. need to be trained so that they will know how to interact appropriately. You know, and a lot of it is not their fault. You know, when you come out right. of prison, you got so much baggage, you got that hurt. You know, you, you mm-hmm. got to be ashamed. You know, you don't know how people are going to respond to you. So you you got a whole bunch of things that you got to deal with. But um, if you haven't been incarcerated, then you don't, you don't have a clue. No, not at all. You just you just don't have a clue. But because um, one of the things uh, with a course that we we uh, offer um, 
at family empowerment. You know, you got somebody who's been incarcerated and they come home and everybody's so glad to see them. And you've got Big Mama has fixed this meal and fixed all your favorites. And you come in and you see this food that you have not seen in years. Yeah. Your system's not accustomed to uh, all of that uh, salt Mm -hmm. and stuff that they put in. You know, you know how we cook, right? Right. To make it real good. Yeah. So, but what happens is, then you come home and Big Mama done cooked this big old pot of greens and all this stuff, and you don't sit down and eat. Well, now she has invested a whole lot. May have spent her last dime. Mm-hmm. Get you, your, your favorites, and then you come here and then you don't eat, and immediately, immediately, there's a fence taken. You know, you've been gone all this right. time. You ain't changed. You know, you just right, like, right. You know, I'm doing all this stuff. When the reality is, if you eat that stuff, <laughs> when you come out of the bathroom. <laughs> Mama hadn't been to prison, so she doesn't know that. She doesn't understand. No, she does no. not understand. She does not understand. So it's just different things that that the course tells you to what what to look out for because the whole idea is to make that transition back home as smooth as possible. Yes, yes. And what I'm going to do too on our on our Facebook site and Instagram site, I am going to list um, you know your the um, website uh, for the um, Family Unification Network, um, you know, uh, and the um, uh, I see you have all the information and stuff here um, that I can list that and the address and and everything. You know, also, uh, if anyone wants to know about any of these programs or be able to participate or if you have a congregation that you would like to become a station of hope, we would love to get you uh, connected with Miss Joanne so uh, we can make these things happen. So when people do come home, you know, we can help them because, you know, some people aren't as fortunate. I know when I came home, I was very, very fortunate that um, I had a supportive family, you know, all the way through. So they really helped my transition be so much um, better than what I could have faced if I didn't have family support. So, you know, I understand that people need that support. And you say family support, but I'm not necessarily talking about blood family. I'm talking about family family. Because you got blood family, but then you got family way beyond that. So I'm just talking about you know, family, those that you can count on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those that you can count on uh, aren't your blood, you know, but they understand what you're going through, and it's just so many people out there that, you know, you know, that want, you know, want to help and to help people, you know, stay home and not go back, um, you know, go back in, you know, be productive, you know, live happy lives. And like you said earlier, learn to laugh again. Because that's one of the main things is just learning to laugh. And when you think about everything you've been through, you know, you just laugh about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, you know, it, it, it takes a while. You know, um, we're talking about programs. When I came out, the first program I sponsored Family unification occurred after I was home, I think, 44 days. You know, I I came out just running, trying to help others like I did before I went in. Right, right. But, um, Miss Joanne, we have a caller. We have a caller that's um, last four digits of their phone number is 2573. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Hi, good evening, Queens. Good evening. This is a fascinating show, and I could not help but chime in to congratulate both of you on the new path of this journey that you're on, the work that I'm hearing that is being done through your ministries is phenomenal. And I'll be looking on the Facebook website so that I can 
offer partnering with uh, your organization. I'm an author. I have been to county jail, but never to uh, the big yard. And, um, <laughs> and you know, I learned something. I didn't know about the, uh, you know, queen, you, queens, you are dropping a lot of gems. And the one thing that I didn't realize hearing about, you know, the socialization that happens when someone goes to prison and then the family at home unable to really understand what their new socialization has been because they've been to prison and now they have been uh, accustomed to a different way of living that it doesn't transition into the free world. So it's a uh, blessing to be able to have somewhere to stop off and readjust to society. But I didn't realize that the um, the appetite and the food uh, had a factor and a bearing on uh, being able to come home and enjoy Big Mama's gumbo. I didn't know. So, yes. Yes, 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 and I did come to an understanding when um, I observed some people. We had friends that, you know, growing up, recidivism into juvenile and that cycle uh, going, and then, you know, fast forward to just uh being in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever would land a family member in jail. And uh, if you don't have a support system, if you don't have anyone that is advocating for you, you're coming back home to a different world if you've been gone any length of time where you can't make the adjustments. And the few visits that I made to the county, uh, having not ever even spent a year, you know, I think the most I've ever done was eight months and 20 days. But even still, not having a support system would uh, have unraveled a lot of my life, the uh, connection with my children, the ability to become gangfully employed, just having a foundation to come back to uh, clothes and and uh, resources. So I want to commend you for what you're doing, ladies, and I want to thank you for continuing with such a broad um, level of support for incarcerated mothers because they do matter. God bless, and thank you for allowing my voice. Thank, Thank you. you. So much. Thank you. Hmm. Well, see, if if one person can benefit from it, yes. it's already all right with me. It's all right, it, you know, and I'm sure we're going to get, look, I'm sure I'm going to be forwarding so many um, emails over to you and, and you know, people wanting to participate, Um and at any time that you want to come back on, uh, share what you got going on, I would love to have you on here with me. I know we have some um, other good things that we're going to um, cooperate with and, and work on uh, together, um, some projects uh, as well, because I have some projects coming up. And uh, one other big project I have coming up is um, is pairing um, – with uh, the um, Tribe uh, Family Channel uh, family, and we will be doing a book called uh, Incarcerated Mothers Matter Too. So I'm looking forward to this year um, and working with them to get this book out. Um, you know, they they proposed it to me today, and I was just so excited. I couldn't do anything but 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 have tears in my eyes because, like I told you from the beginning, I didn't know where this was going to lead to, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger every day. So, um, you know, I just want to keep uh, providing um, families with information and resources and keep building on it every day because I know it is my purpose. Uh, to be able to um, 
you know, get out there and spread the word, you know. And um, like you said, we get to one person, uh, help one family, you know, that is awesome. That's one less family that has issues to worry about. So you got any last words, Miss Joanne? I didn't get to ask you about what you do for fun. I didn't even get to that part. <laughs> well, believe it or not, look, believe it or not, this is my fun. Got it, got it. I understand it completely. Because mm-hmm. it makes me smile every time when I know it's getting closer for time for us to go on air. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Yes, and I am. <laughs> while you're on here, I just want to thank you again. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's it's not something that I take for granted. It's not something that you had to do. But I thank you so I much. I just for appreciate that. you so much for everything you do in in sharing, and I will keep you in prayer and your church family in prayer, and I know I keep all our listeners in prayer um, because, like we said earlier, prayer changes things, and we know the power of prayer. So, you know, it's not something somebody don't told us about. It's something that we know and we live every day, <laughs> every day. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, well listen, this brings us to the end of our show, and I just time flew by so quickly um, today uh, with the show. But all the shows fly by quickly once we get on air. So next week um, we will have another great guest that will be on with us. So look out for uh, our flyer um, to come out. So we will let you know uh, when the next show will be. Um, you can also listen to replay of this uh, on Blog Talk Radio. You just go in and put in um, Incarcerated Mothers Matter, and it'll come up. And also, we're on the other platforms. We're on Spotify and Amazon Music, and you just type in Incarcerated Mothers Matter, and you can listen to, to our podcast um, via those sources as well. So, With this ending, everybody have a great night, and we'll see you on next Thursday. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.
Can you tell me a little bit how that process went uh, with you all there being able to come home under the CARES Act? Incarcerated Mothers Matter Radio Show. We're online 24-7. You're listening to the hottest radio station on the planet. Uh, You know, been a while. But um, I know they, you know, offered like the parenting classes and, you know, some other things that, you know, also taught you, you know, how to address different subjects, you know, to the children. episode please leave us a review on itunes get inspired every monday and friday right here on your favorite inspirational show morning inspirational radio show hosted by Tone, the producer bringing that gospel flavor old school new school holy hip-hop and don't forget about that friday praise break get inspired through encouraging words special guests and the inspirational moment where you the listener get a chance to be on air so tune in monday and friday 9 a.m 10 o'clock eastern morning inspirational radio show log on to morning inspirational radio show.com Stay tuned and look forward to this and more coming up. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.